A vague disclaimer is no one's friend. This podcast will look at episodes in relation to Buffy and Angel as a whole, and therefore contains spoilers for the entirety of both series. If you haven't seen all of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel the series, go and watch them before you listen to this. Remember, you've been warned. The hardest thing in this world is to live in it. That's why there's us, champions. We live as though the world were as it should be, to show it what it can be. The Earth is definitely doomed. It's Tuesday, so it must be time to return to the Hellmouth. We're going through the Buffyverse episode by episode and a look back at Joss Whedon's iconic shows. I'm MC, and I'm here with... Hey, it's Andy. This is David. And I'm Logan. And this week, uh, we've finished up Season 2, so we're taking a look back at Season 2 as a whole, looking at the best and worst of the season and just what we thought of it. So... I think to start out, let's talk about just the season. Like, what is this season in, you know, how do, how does everything go together? Like, uh, personally, for me, it's like, this is, this is Buffy. Like, yeah. this period dot. It, it's Buffy. Like, yeah, this is when I got super obsessed, I think, around, I mean, I loved it in season one. But this is around the time where I was like, I must watch Buffy. Yeah, I mean, I was looking back, trying to rate what my season, you know, mm-hmm. would be. And this is number one on my list. Like, if I am going to watch a season of Buffy, it's going to be this one. Wow. I think I've watched this season too many times. So sometimes I'm like, I don't want to watch that season. But just not because it's good, just because I'm like, you know, this is the first one I got on DVD and like, so sometimes I'm like, I want to change it up. And I think I relate to the characters a little more as we get out of high school, especially now at my age. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know if this is my favorite season anymore, but it's definitely like peak. This, this, everybody's going to say this is their favorite season. A lot of the fans will. So, mm-hmm. okay. Well, I mean, whether or not it's the favorite season, I mean, it's, it's the season. It is I mean, the as, season. As, as MC said, it's like, this is Buffy. Yeah. This is essentially the the, the epitome of mm. Buffy. Mm. I, I mean, the other seasons are great, but this is this is it. Yeah, I was uh, thinking about like different seasons of different shows that I like, and I think this kind of encapsulates what I need from a, a story arc, where it's like the there is a, a tremendous amount of danger in this, like Spike and Drusilla mm-hmm. and Angelus have come to play. I mean, they're not, you know, they're, they're good bad guys, but also you've got this really strong personal element in it. And, and with a lot of the story arcs that I like, I want something that not only is incredibly dangerous, but is very personally tied to the characters so that you can actually have an emotional arc along with, you know, we're going to fight evil. Yeah. I mean, I think in terms of the big bads of, all the seasons, Angelus is Angelus. I pronounced it wrong. I'm sorry. <laughs> they it's pronounce probably it wrong the, on the show too. So, yeah, I know they they go back and forth. I think he's the greatest big bad of Buffy because it is so personal, and what he's doing is so. I mean, there are other like we'll get into the mayor next season, and I freaking love him. He's mm-hmm. so funny, but in terms of real personal storytelling and the effects on. Our characters, I think Angelus is probably the best big bad. Right. So um, as far as season two being like quintessential Buffy, for me, I have to disagree. For me, I think season four, <laughs> as, as far as being a cohesive unit is concerned, 
like I, I mesh with it better than I do with season two, possibly because so many of the episodes um, feel like standalone episodes, except for the back half of, of, of season two, which is really cohesive and really powerful. And it really drives a story forward. And there's a lot of connecting overarching stuff, but I feel like um, the first half of the season and for a couple of episodes sprinkled throughout the back half of it, there's, I know it's missing something as far as, as what I would look for as like quintessential Buffy. For me, it's, it's season three, not season two. (laughs) Season three is also really, season three. Yeah. is definitely like, I think that was second on my list. And the only reason it does not surpass season two is just because the mayor storyline is lacking the emotional punch that this one does. Yeah. And they try to force it with faith, but that's something we can talk about later. We will definitely (laughs) be talking a lot about that. And I'm one of those weirdos that loves season six. I love season six. Because as happy and blah as I sound, sometimes I'm fucking dark as shit. Yeah, but I mean, just for me, I mean, there's so much stuff in this season that I just fucking adore. Like, I mean, Spike and Drusilla just being fucking evil. And and it's the Spike that I really, really like. Like, I mean, I do enjoy him when he becomes, you know, anti-hero into heroic. But he's so much better when he's evil. I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah, I always feel like, oh, I wish we'd gotten him more in season three. We only got him the one time, yeah. so. But um, yeah, I yeah. Yeah, and then we get Oz and Willow and Cordelia and Xander, and I mean, yeah. granted, we do have that in season three, but only for part of season three, and then some people mess that up because of clothing. Yeah, um, <laughs> not great clothing either. But no. we'll, we'll get no, into I'm that. Thinking, thinking yeah. I should wear more formal prom dress style clothing. Maybe people would like like me better. I don't know. <laughs> But I mean, like on that note that there's a lot of flows in this season too. Like, I mean, when they do their standalone episodes uh, and a lot of them are clunkers and they're not just bad episodes in the season, but they're bad episodes just like of all times. Like there's, mm-hmm. yeah. Cause I mean, like with other seasons, you'll have your standalones and it's like, oh, I don't really care for this one that much, but it's kind of. Only when you compare it to the season is it not as great, but it's going to be kind of middling of all times. But I think, like, probably my least favorite episode of the series is in this season. So, Mine too. Yeah, I, the, the front half is still feels very season <clears throat> one in many ways. And it is it is a little clunky, but that yeah, that back half, the arc starting with what's my line... Mm-hmm. And then going forward is it's really powerful and it's really, mm-hmm. but yeah, some of the stronger they they're still figuring things out. So this is very much a sophomore season, especially that front half. Yeah, um, and I think season three has more solid episodes, even in the standalone. So yeah, I I agree, but I still love this season. Yeah, I, no, I it's, it's it is. Yeah, I mean, I I, I would say <laughs> like even if one doesn't say that this is the epitome of Buffy, as I kind of think it is. I, I think we could probably all agree that this is where it all gels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is where it comes together and becomes the final sort of, this is what Buffy is. Yeah. And forward. This sets the thing in stone or at least amber. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think there really are two phases of Buffy that I would call quintessential Buffy. And it's seasons two and three. 
and season six, which I know is like a controversial yet brave uh, thing to say. Um, but I mean, like as much as there's so much, so many problems with season six, people think of that season, like they think about Buffy and Spike being together. They think about you yeah. know, Willow and Tara's relationship and what happens with that later on. You have these two eras of Buffy and they're, they're kind of like the heights of and I mean it's kind of funny that you know one of them's the second season and the other one's the second to last but that's kind of like the, the benchmarks I think of, of of what Buffy is so well, I think so much of the positivity surrounding season two is is it is where Buffy gets hits its stride it, it, it seems as if the core team they feel confident now in what they're making and its potential success you know, just because of the the mid season nature of season one and and all that nonsense, they have a a full season, and um, I think that probably has a lot to do with how strong the season is compared to season one. Mm-hmm. And they they get they get by the end of the season they get a, rid of a lot of the dead weight writers. Yeah, those season one mm-hmm. writers. Um, we haven't gotten Jane yet. We right? haven't gotten Jane yet. No, she. Comes we haven't gotten Jane, her. but Marty's there. Jane's there. David's, David's there and you know you've got that fantastic DP when we talked about in Passion and we've got some really solid who directors who just passed that are just away there. actually mm. yeah who was mm-hmm. uh, Michael Gershman Michael Gershman yeah mm. I think also an interesting thing about the season that just hit me and why people why, why it sort of stands out is you know the Buffy Angel relationship is kind of always is sort of in the mix yeah. throughout Buffy. Buffy, like Buffy's first relationship, it never quite goes away. But there are a lot of people who don't really like the Buffy Angel relationship. So you've got the people, so you've got, for the people who like the Buffy Angel relationship, you have the, you know, you have the actual relationship and then the drama of it going south. And then for the people who don't like it, you at least have the part where it goes south. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's a winner. So everyone <laughs> wins. True. Yeah, exactly. That is very true. <laughs> and it's also the time, I think it's very beloved because it's the time when the fandom really got going. Oh, yeah. That's when, when you really started, especially towards mid season. And yeah, I, I think it's very beloved because it's it's what started out a lot of the, the fic and the. Yeah. And the fandom and the posting boards and things like that. So, oh yeah, certainly for me, it's like back in the, those days. I mean, I did go onto the internet for season one, but it wasn't nearly to the point of being on mailing lists and writing fic. And it's like I'm going to ship Larry and Xander like super hard and write all of these stories about them together and just horrible, horrible fic. I'm so glad they're all gone now because they were all on <laughs> You were like 14 or 15. It's okay. Yeah. You learn. That's how you grow. And now you're this amazing writer. Oh, so. Thank you. Uh, and so yeah, sure. I mean, spoilers started to become a thing where, mm. you know, you would hear rumors about things mm. that were going to happen. It's like, oh, do you know what? I hear that Oz is a werewolf. I remember that <laughs> being a rumor going around, and nobody knew when it was gonna what episode that it was gonna come out in. We weren't calling him spoilers for another couple of years. No, that, we weren't. They yeah, called him rumors. They were rumors. Yeah, rumors. Yeah, yeah. I think the first time I ever heard them referred to as spoilers was when Spoiler Slayer started. Spoiler Slayer. That wasn't until yeah. like season five or six. Yeah, that 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 website coined the term spoilers pretty much. The Buffy fandom coined the world word spoilers. Buffy really coined a lot of things. Like, um, I know. big bad. 
big bad. Well, I Google. mean, get, I mean, other other, and I've seen magazine articles of who's the big bad of season yeah. seventy five of Supernatural, and well, I, or I, you TV know, tropes started their own lack as of self actualization. Like it was supposed to be like gathering like the tropes that appeared in Buffy, and then they just kind of mm-hmm. spread it out to like different. Uh, yeah, I mean, I even stuff. I even saw that term used for like something like Breaking Bad when they're talking about. Giancarlo Esposito's character, someone on an article I read called him a big bad, you know, and I'm like, and that comes directly from Spike's mouth. It does come he from, directly from Spike's and he's, not. he's never been the big bad. Yeah, he was always the little bad. Should we talk about the Buffy structure that started in this season? Oh, we have talked about it in the past. A little bit, but but like... This is kind of where it's codified, where you have the little bad and the big bad and the episodes that changed it. It's the the Buffy formula. In fact, I think we talked about this in the last season recap. Yeah, probably. We probably did, um, because we were talking about how how season one could kind of fit into it, but this is definitely the one where it fits. It's seasons uh, Mm -hmm. two to six, uh, it fits for the Buffy formula. And actually, season seven does not fit the Buffy formula, but Angel season four, which was running concurrently to... Uh, Buffy season seven does conform to the Buffy formula, so it's like they switched it up. Uh, but for season two, the little bads were Spike and Drusilla. The betrayer was Angel, or you could also argue that it was Jenny. Um, and then the big bad is Angelus. And uh, you also have like recurring elements where you have like a death that you know affects everything throughout the story and in season two it's jenny generally you have like like around the third episode of the season like the little bads will be introduced and around episode seven six or seven you'll have something that's revealed that you know you've never you know known about the the little bads like in episode seven you find out about spike and drusilla's relationship with angel and around the middle of the season that's when you'll get like a big reveal and the betrayal happens so in episode 13 you find out that spike and drusilla are still alive and angelus or angel turns into angelus and then of course in the last episodes that's when the characters are defeated because that's how seasons work so right mm-hmm. yeah it was a definite formula yeah um, definitely um it was worth mentioning again yeah you know, we'll probably mention it again in our oh yeah i'm sure wrap we up because yeah. you know well we can we'll talk about you know how the formula works for season three so but yeah, yeah, yeah. this this did codify that that whole idea i mean obviously there are best and worst for this season so uh we've all come prepared with lists of episodes should we start yep. with the worst or should we start with the best uh let's start with the worst let's get worst first worst first walk in the room okay. worst, first. we're gonna go from least worst to worst worst uh <laughs> worst worst isn't that like a german food worst worst yes Yes. Oh, yeah, like maybe go from our like yeah least worst to worst worst. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We we've done lists of top five, so it's top five best and top five worst. So my fifth worst episode is killed by death. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It's not like I was having a lot of trouble rating because I mean I mean there were some episodes where it's like I know this is the worst, but <laughs> kind of actually by the time I got to like the fifth one i was like oh, i don't hate this episode 
it's just not very good. Good, exactly. So, yeah, yeah can... I had a lot of that. And I had that actually, like, my top five also I had trouble when I got to the bottom of the that list. It's like, there were a couple where it's like, oh, that fifth position. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I I was, it was pretty easy picking my, my top five. It was actually just ranking them. That was the, the trouble. Yeah, Killed by Death. I just, it's just not a strong episode. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's boring. And that's that's its biggest sin that I found I found it boring. So it's all filler, no killer. Exactly, I like that. Yeah, I did like the makeup on Dirk Kinderstart and some of the uh, yeah, and some of the gang stuff. Yeah, you know, like Xander and Angelus, and you know, and all that stuff. And Xander agreed, but yeah, it's just kind of like meh. Yeah, meh. I agree. It's not my fifth worst but i you know i, I will I admit get... it was kind of a toss-up between that and go fish <laughs> okay go fish is my number five yeah well yeah so your go number five it. is go fish logan it is yeah talk about go um, fish a little bit i have a soft spot for this episode because buffy kicks a shit out of some dude You're being gross <laughs> true that yeah. feelings for i also have a lot of strong positive feelings for wentworth miller yeah um but otherwise it's such it's a it's a weird episode it feels for me and I think I'm going to get some pushback on my number one least favorite episode because it's a personal thing. But, like, I've got three, like, two, three, and four all, like, they're all tied with each other because they all suck. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Go Fish, I'm just like, nah, I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, with Go Fish, uh, when we were talking about it on the podcast, it was me, uh, Jan, and David. We thought that Go Fish was, like, really good for, like, the first two-thirds of the episode. And then, like, on the last yeah. third, it's like... This episode completely falls apart. It's really angering. Because yeah. <laughs> they could have done something actually kind of interesting with it. And it just, it, it's like they stopped yeah. caring. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. David, what was your number five? I think I'm actually going to change mine. Oh, okay. Uh, this, our discussion has made me change it. Uh, I, I had Inca Mummy Girl, but honestly, having thinking about it, yeah, Killed by Death isn't as good as... Inca Mummy Girl. Inca Mummy Girl <laughs> is a bad episode, but it introduced Oz, so it, it's amusing. And, and Jonathan was an Inca Mummy Girl is my number five. It's actually Kill also... By, Kill by Death isn't on there. In I, some ways, it's actually a good episode for Xander, and that's rare enough that I think I'll I'll bump it up one, one notch yeah. and put Killed by Death in that slot instead. <laughs> I will admit that for me, in season two, episodes that have Oz in it automatically like go up a little bit higher because of Oz. that, <laughs> that. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Mine was Inca Mummy Girl, but it's not like I, yeah. I'll fight As my... I say, you know, it's just... Mm. As I say, yeah, around the fifth, around position five, it's kind of a blur. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, you know, what's the fifth worst? I don't know. Yeah. And I, I, I have to admit, I, I, I should point out, and I don't know that anyone else did this, and I'm guessing no one else did this. I, I tried to not base my decisions on which episodes were most problematic. <laughs> Oh, I didn't either. Oh, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. I, um, I just, there was stuff that I did not like. I mean, sometimes yeah. like that crossed right. over with shit. That's problematic. Uh, because I have it's, one. Like, I, I have can't. one that I just, yeah. 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 If that were the case, then my number four, like least, least bad would be number one, probably. But <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I think I balanced a little of both, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I think for the most part, like these, the ones that I have, like, even if they are problem, quote unquote, problematic episodes, 
I hate them for other reasons, too. So, okay. yeah. so we all did our number five. So number yep. four on the list. Mine was when she was bad. Interesting. Oh. I really dislike that episode. For oh. I mean, I think we talked about it a little bit. Buffy, Sarah's acting is not as good yeah. in that episode. Like, mm-hmm. we talked about that. And it's just, I don't know what it is about that episode. It just... It's just like not a visceral level, but it is just on this gut level. I just don't like it. It rubs you the wrong way. It just rubs me the wrong way. Like it's there's nothing. It's probably a better quality episode than something like Ink a Mommy Girl or Killed by Death, and it's definitely more important to the plot. But yeah, it's just it's just one of those episodes that I'm like I'm skipping this. Yeah, I just don't really enjoy this episode. And again, Sarah's acting is super weak, which then I always blame on the director. Yeah. Which was, was it Joss? It was Joss, yeah. It was Joss. And so I'm like, she acted like, we talked about this, her character from Cruel Intentions a whole bunch. I just don't like it. It doesn't work for me. Well, I mean, this is the reason why we do our individual lists rather than to try and come to a consensus because it's all so personal. So it's like, the episode rubs you the wrong way, then that's a perfectly valid reason for- I just never have liked that episode. I mean, like my number four, there's a lot of people who would- probably put it really high on their list i had ted because i just did not i didn't it's like i can understand that being a episode that people like but for me it's like i do not enjoy watching it It, i find it unpleasant Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i actually can see that yeah yeah i've actually got Ted higher on my worst list oh really me too yeah uh i've actually got some assembly required it's kind of a gut reaction. It just, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just not a great episode. It kind of, and it's like, it's its one of those episodes that revolves around a particular character, but actually doesn't. Revolve around them. Doesn't actually, revo- it revolves around them, but doesn't involve them. Yeah. And which <laughs> is a, like, a real problem they have with Cordelia on Buffy. Yeah, and it's, a, it's the same problem we had with um, I Robot You Jane. Which does not week. have to do with Willow. Right. It, it's no, it doesn't. about Willow, but it has nothing to do with Willow. Yeah. As a character. You, you don't like, get any, any character revelations. There's it no is... development for that character. Yeah. Just like some someone is essentially upset. It's it's one of those episodes. Someone's obsessed with that character. Yeah. Right. That they're object, not subject. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. A very good way to put it. Some assembly required is also my number four. Um, and it's one I chose, and I didn't. I guess I didn't realize it at the time because that's not how I went about this. But I guess I did choose it because it's problematic, because yeah. the episode is ostensibly about Cordy and her involvement with this like reanimated yeah. corpse. But she's a prop, and I'd like to think that they were doing that intentionally because of the way these boys use the body parts of these dead girls mm. as if they're there for the taking, as mm-hmm. if you know, it's questions of autonomy and things like that. But I don't think they were that um, uh, like no. introspective going I, about this I, I at think all. they were mostly just like, hey, let's do a Bride of Frankenstein Frankenstein. episode. Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Poorly. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that happened yep. a lot with, I'm pretty sure that for like season one and the beginning of season two, they just had like a dart board with all of the Universal Monsters written on it and they'd like throw a dart and it's like, <laughs> okay, so we're going to do the creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. kind of surprising they got to Wolfman like that late. Well, that's why I think <laughs> yeah, they did it with a like, dartboard. So, but I mean, the Wolfman thing is going to carry on yes. through because they've made this like fan favorite. We all squeeze, squeeze us, you know. Right. It, yeah, yeah, and it actually gives him a little more of his own story instead of just being mm-hmm. completely attached to Willow. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm uh, but, all for uh, the werewolf. Thing. 
Okay. Yeah, no, it's just it's just using the dartboard theory. Yeah, for I don't sure. think they gave it that much thought mm. in the initial. Yeah. yeah. So, so uh, number three on my list is uh, bad eggs. I just, so bad. <laughs> I just can't even like. It's just like the the plot does not work. It's like again, it's one of these. It's invasion of the body snatchers done really, really poorly, and mm. they've got like the gross vampires who don't really need to be there and everybody's just a fucking horn dog and it's it's it, it's it reminds me of in season four when they'll do uh where the wild things are and buffy and riley are just like fucking all the time <laughs> <laughs> it, except with this it's like a little more g-rated where they're just making out all the time and it's like i don't want to watch an episode where buffy and angel just make out with each other and it's ooh, you know uh the dangers of having babies and shit like that it's just it's a mess mm -hmm. it's a mess of an episode i had ted i mean i you know honestly what i like about ted is John Ritter. John Ritter is uh -huh. amazing at it. John Ritter's great. Right. The that's... rest of the episode is terrible. Bleh. And and Joyce is horrible. Yeah. I would absolutely agree with that. Ted's not on my bottom five list, <laughs> list only because of John freaking mm -hmm. Ritter. Because um, mm -hmm. his performance is so good and so against type that yeah. Yeah. It, I, it bumps. I mean, it's probably number six for me, honestly. Yeah. But yeah, it, yeah. but I, I agree, Ted. I think I think the reason I I don't I I didn't I I mean John Ritter's performance could have put it off the list maybe, but I think for me I part of part of my criteria for the lists is kind of importance to the series, mm. and we'll we'll see a lot more of that when we get to the top five. But for me, it's like John Ritter is someone is is a character who comes completely from outside the series. He's just there for the one episode. If there had been more with Ted throughout, maybe I would have, but it's just like John Ritter came in, gave a great performance, mm -hmm. but he's not part of the series. Yeah, True. I, I mean, no, the absolutely... importance to the myth arc is like a really yeah. important thing, but for me, it was rewatchability. It's like, what episodes mm -hmm. do I want yeah, to watch true. over again? Yeah. And I think yeah, episodes that are too. not part of the myth arc, it's like, oh, this isn't important for me to watch. And also, there's not as much care put into them, I don't think. I mean, with very few exceptions, there are a couple of episodes that are kind of standalone that obviously they put a lot of thought into, you know, like Hush and Once More with Feeling. When even yeah, though... but Once More with Feeling is part of the myth arc as well, well as being a special episode. Not part of the myth arc, entirely it's more part of the character emotional yeah, yeah, journey i yeah. uh, wish mm. the same thing with hush because that's the episode where uh rightly finds out about buffy so i mean while there's and Kara is you know that's interest, one of the yes. projections uh, like for me episodes that i can easily pluck out of the main storyline and that are just not as fun to watch for me it's like that's why i'm rating right. them low mm -hmm. and some of them are just really bad yeah yeah, Ted's not particularly bad episode, but it's not particularly good episode either. I just either. don't like watching it. And yeah, it's just not, yeah, it's kind of unpleasant, yeah. Yeah, it is, it's unpleasant, yeah. Um, What's your number three, Andy? Go Fish, which we've talked about a little bit already. Well, I mean, you talked sure. about it a little bit more because uh, you weren't on the Go Fish episode. So. Yeah, I mean, it's just, mm, that's just the noise I'm making. I'm like, eh, Go Fish. Um, <laughs> it's not like, you know, um, 
there are a couple of good things. Xander actually looks pretty good in a speedo, and I'm a horn dog. So I mean, Xander's so problematic, and sometimes we hate him. But you know, Nikki looks good in a speedo. Um, Wentworth Miller, but I don't know. When I think about it, I just go, "Oh, go fish." So that's why it's higher on the list for me. I'm like, mm. Logan, have you had a realization of something? I just had a recovered memory of a dream I had the other night. And it was a sex dream about Nikki. <laughs> oh my God. I was in no way involved. I was just like watching from a distance. Like, why is this happening? And that was my dream. Why is someone having sex with Nikki? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> he does give yeah. excellent hugs. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. That's a different thing. So, Logan, uh, uh, what was your number three? Uh, it was bad eggs. Yeah. That was why I was gesticulating wildly at you. It was bad eggs. It's, uh, it's a poorly executed attempt at a body snatching episode, which, frankly, in my opinion, that, like, trope and that idea is hard to get wrong. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's it's hard to get really right. But it's hard to fuck up, too. And they just they just did. They just did. It was a very, it was a careless episode. Yeah. And I'm just. Well, I mean, just to reiterate what I said in the episode, one of the biggest problems with their invasion of the body snatchers thing is that they spend no time on the who's possessed, who's not, which is the, that's the whole reason why you do that kind of stuff to have this like mounting tension of, we have no idea who is possessed by these things. And the episode just never gives you any of that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's just, yeah, with body snatching episodes, it's part of the paranoia of yeah. knowing who you can, who you can't, and these things taking over your bodies of your friends. You know, it's like, yeah, just poorly done. Okay, so uh, number two on my list, we've already talked about this a little bit. It's some assembly required for me. I just do not like that episode. I don't like that there's no real revelation about Cordelia as a character. I hate the bad guys in it. I mean, granted, I know we're supposed to hate the bad guys, but they're just pathetic. They're like, (laughs) even the nerds in season six would be like, whoa, you guys are really sad. Um, Yeah. It's it's also number two on my list. I just have this visceral reaction to sort of the misogyny that's like, I think they're pointing it out, but they don't do it well enough. And yeah, it's just, I just, that, that episode just, Makes me go, ugh, gross. Yeah, my number two is Inca Mummy Girl. Oh. Um, although Oz is, <laughs> I, like, I have it here on my list. I'm like, the, the Oz part is my favorite. And that it's tied with bad eggs. I'm just, I find them distasteful. I don't care about Xander's weird obsession with monsters. Eh, whatever. Mm-hmm. But cute Willow and her fuzzy thing. Mm-hmm. Spear. Uh, I like a woman with a spear. Yeah, so. <laughs> No, see, Inca Mummy Girl is an episode that I will rewatch, and I think it's it's the Oz factor. I will rewatch Inca Mummy Girl, yeah. and also Xander's not terrible in it. So, <laughs> yeah, that's so. why it was my number five because I will sometimes I'll be like, "There's a few things Willow and Oz, you know, Oz for sure," yeah. but but yeah, it's yeah. not a good episode. I, I actually I had ranked the entire season just to see where just to make sure that i it was fair and where everything fell and i think inca mummy girl was probably like maybe seven or eight on my list yeah that's fair and having discussed this with y'all i do think i'd move some assembly required up further like as i was talking about it I was like oh fucking hate this episode i forget <laughs> i forget how much i hate it my number two i could probably move this up to number one but not my number two is reptile boy that's my uh, number one oh <laughs> My number one is Reptile Boy. Okay. It's it's terrible. It's yeah. it's awful. It's it's the fucking worst. So, well, I yeah, it's pr- it's pretty much the worst. I 
So I just just to since we talked about it already, I, my number one was bad eggs. Um, mine too. It, yeah, mine's stupid, also bad eggs. It's just it's fucking a pointless. Stupid episode. It should have been better. And it's just like, what's wrong with you people? <laughs> yeah. No, Trapsile Boy a... does what it says on the tin, but what it says on the tin is horrible and it's just <laughs> horrible. But you know, like whereas bad eggs should have been better. I can't see Reptile Boy having been done any better than it was. I just ranks just below that. Well, uh, like I said, Reptile Boy is my number one. Yeah, Reptile Boy, the reason why I ranked it higher than Bad Eggs is because Reptile Boy is a fucking terrible episode. Like, I actually have very little memory of, like, what the actual plot of that episode is. It's, like, frat guys that are, like, sacrificing girls to, like, get money I mean, it's it's a very bad and poorly done metaphor for, you know, sexual assault. Yeah. And it is... And date rape. Yeah. And I, I was... And this is where, you know, some of the, for me, you know, quote-unquote problematic shit, where it's like, I don't like metaphors for rape in episodes where you have attempted rapes anyways. It, it, it's like rape on rape and just fuck you, Joss. Just stop using it so much. And I yeah. know this is one of the first times he used it, but I just... Yeah. Most of the time when he uses it, he uses it in a really ham-handed way and... And the reptile boy looked fucking terrible. And basically, the only good thing in that episode is Cordelia trying to like train Buffy to be like her yeah. little yeah. sister and her fake laugh and shit like that. Yeah. So, if it helps yeah. at all, I'm starting to feel bad about not making a number one. Same. <laughs> I, I, I don't even know why it didn't end up on my list. I'll, I'm not, I'm a, I forgot it existed, y'all. I think I like had that, a block in my mind about its existence. That, that shows you how bad it is. I'll so. take out Inca Mummy Girl and make that six. And I'll play. take out Go Fish. I'm, yeah, no. Yeah, fine. I'll take out, you know, I'm definitely, I'm rethinking this. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely, I'm going to put that, at, I'm going to put Reptile Boy at free and toss Inca Mummy off the list. It surprised me that you guys didn't have that on your list initially. I forgot it existed. My brain was protecting me. <laughs> <laughs> Am I the only one who hasn't said the number one? Yeah. It's Ted. Okay. <laughs> um, and it's Ted for personal shit. I have a thing about bad parents. I have a thing about abusive parents. And um, this episode just really stresses me out. The subject matter just in and of itself. It has nothing to do with the performances. I think I think everybody does really well. As far as the, the comedic stuff with the drugged cookies and stuff, I think everybody has really good timing. I, I We can't talk enough about how good John Ritter is, but I just I just can't stomach the episode itself. So I just never want yeah. sense. So I think, like, with those episodes, for the most part, we all kind of have the same episodes. It's just, like, kind of yeah. ranked differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and as I say, like my ranking, there's a lot of there's a lot of fluidity yeah. here. Like depending on like time of day, I could probably go another way. Yeah, most of these. Me too. Yeah, I mean they, they're they're all the like really meh episodes or the kind of problematic ones, you know. And some of them like acquired is meh and it's villain, but also problematic as hell. So it's sort of that's why it's up there for me. Now I think. <laughs> We've gone through the worst. Now I think we need to cheer ourselves up by going through the best. So we'll <laughs> go from five up to number one. So to start out, uh, my number five, and this was really hard for me because it's like the me number too. number one 
was like definite. I knew what that was. It's actually really surprising because when we first came up with our lists uh, on the website, where it's like, this is our favorite episode of the series. The episode that I had as my favorite of the series is actually number three on my list now. But for number five, I had Surprise because I love okay. Surprise. It's a really, it's the, it's the game changer, but it's not quite as strong as its second half. True. So, but I mean, it gives us Willow and Oz getting together. Yeah. Kind of. um. uh, even if it's not like official, they go out on their first date. The Buffy and Angel stuff is actually fairly tolerable in this episode for me uh which means a lot because i mean also like i forgot to mention uh one of the reasons reptile boy is number one on my worst list is because that's the episode where buffy says when i kiss you i want to die oh, oh my god, god. Oh. you're right okay oh. yeah that goes straight to yeah, number one rethinking my whole universe now <laughs> but yeah uh -huh. surprise i actually i can feel the romance between them because they're trying to make it the peak romance so that it hurts you so much more when they break up so i mean maybe that's one of the reasons why i don't find the relationship there because i know what's going to happen yeah surprise i think things just really kind of gelled as a whole so well my number five was passion hmm, okay it's 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 a good episode it's it's an important episode I guess I'm I'm delving into the, like sort of the backstory of the episode where it's like like part of the point here is to teach you that yes even major characters can die mm -hmm. and this is this is a that's a major <laughs> thing I, I have to say I, I I was really torn I really passion and lie to me were really competing for the number five yeah. spot because lie to me I that's for me, that's a really big episode. Lie to Me was number six on my list. Yeah, it, it's probably, it's like, it, it barely went out of the top five for me. I really, I wanted us to do a top six because <laughs> I really wanted to include that. But, but yeah. yeah, no, Passion just won out just because of the, I guess, the importance factor. So, Andy, what's your number five? Oh, God, I can't decide. I have three on here and I'm just like so freaking torn. Um, I'm gonna say okay. One, two, three, go. School hard. Okay. Okay. School hard. It's like Spike, and it's just like I decided to put like the rest of them on my list are gonna be those really big things that get really heavy, right? School hard is super fun. Yeah. Uh, it's a super fun episode, and now that I finally got the joke, uh, <laughs> we know. We talked about this when we recorded, but um, I didn't get the joke about... So I thought it was like, oh, it's an episode that school is hard. I didn't get that, that it was a die play hard on reference. Die Hard. Yeah. For 20 years, I did not get that. <laughs> Neither did you, MC, so... Yeah, I, I didn't take 20 years. It maybe took me 15. Yeah, but so, but it's fun, and you, Spike is so bike, you know? He's... Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Spike no, kind he of just enters the enters the room at peak spike. He does. <laughs> he just comes right in at that, you know, super fun, super. Joyce is actually pretty great when she finally listens to mm. her daughter. Snyder is hilarious. Be like, you yeah. know, gang and, 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 and we get yeah. rid of the annoying one. Yes, we get rid of the annoying one. We just it's it's just a whole lot of fun. My number six, my tied for number six. Was the Dark Age just because y'all know how I feel about yes. Giles? Yeah, like I was it's 
like, it's really just like I wanted it. That's like basically Tile because I'm like, oh, it's an episode about Giles. Let me talk about Giles. <laughs> but totally, that's just like you know, yeah. You all know yeah. how I, listeners, co-hosts, mm-hmm. we all know how Andy feels about Rupert yeah. Giles. The, the yeah. Dark Age uh, was pretty high on my list too. The Dark Age was a contender. It yeah. was a good episode. Hallow- Halloween was a contender, also just because mm-hmm. it's fun. Yeah, also yeah. fun. So I wanted to put something light and fun on my top five. So, but I think instinctually I'm gonna school hard. I really Logan? love that episode. Uh, mine is Innocence is number five oh. for me. Hmm. Um, I think it's a pivotal episode, but not in the way that my top two are. And to some extent, my number four is number three for me is is just special and close to my heart. But um. But Innocence has a rocket launcher. <laughs> and that is like that bit, that piece of comedy that was so beautifully executed is the reason it's <laughs> in my top five. Mm-hmm. So the, incredible. The Willow and Oz stuff. Oh, yeah. Like, and yes, absolutely. That too. It's it's great development, not just for their characters, but also for having those kind of conversations about boundaries and about consent in the 90s, mm-hmm. even if they weren't probably doing it intentionally. I think that's really important to see people in a relationship, um, especially young people in a relationship, having those kind of conversations. It's just real special to me. Yeah. It's really one right. Uh, number four for me was School Hard. Yeah, and my four is School Hard as well. Yeah. No, I, School oh, okay. Hard is just, it's, it's a game changer in terms of Buffy. I mean, like, Spike, you know, comes into the show car first i mean it just it, <laughs> it, it 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 changes everything like the entire course of the series changes because of school hard and it's a fun mm-hmm. episode like yes. i mean it's the plot it's is a good kind episode of, yeah it's i mean it is like a die hard you know rip off which mm-hmm. so many shows have done but oh yeah they do they, it so yeah. well and the chemistry between James and Sarah is so good. You Bam! Can, yeah, I mean, you can understand why so many people were into it when they were still, like, the the faux yeah, because it's just like this, you know, Little Red Riding Hood thing, where Little Red Riding Hood can kick the big bad wolf's ass. So, yeah, and and Juliet is great as Drusilla. It's, just, it's uh, such a good episode. Sorry. Really, yeah. It's an episode that if I were trying to get somebody into Buffy, I would probably mm-hmm. show that to them first. I mean, like there, are the other episodes on my top list, I would not have as like the first episode that I showed somebody because they're so myth arc heavy. While School mm-hmm. Hard kind of kicks off a myth arc. Yeah, I, I have to say, if if I was ranking the episodes purely on like good and entertaining and enjoyable episodes. School Hard would probably be number one. Um, if, if I wasn't considering the importance of the upper, other episodes so to the like, series, it would be well, higher. So what you're saying is, like, if you were going to go and just, like, watch a random episode of Buffy because you felt like having some fun, mm-hmm. you're more likely to watch School Hard yeah. than one of the heavy ones. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah or the myth arc ones. It's yeah. just like, I just want to watch an episode of Buffy and have fun. Yeah, I only sure. have 45 minutes to watch an episode of Buffy. <laughs> School hard might be like one of the ones that I would. Yeah, me too. Yeah, for sure. It's very yeah. In terms of entertainment factor and rewatchability, if you don't want to do myth arc, this is this is one I yeah watch quite a bit. My number four was surprise. It's it's a great episode. It's not as good. It's the first of the 
You know, but you've got like some great Willow and Oz. Cordy at the birthday party. Surprise! Surprise! And they're just all the like weird. And Oz's like reaction to, oh yeah, that explains a lot. Like, it's just, there's some really priceless gang moments in there with the Scoobies. So yeah, that's my number four. Uh, mine is a lot to me. When we talk about the themes of the, the season and, and especially our MVP, um, this is a really important episode. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I think with long-reaching consequences um, mm. for the show, but also for Buffy as a character, um, as far as learning that while you may win the day, it comes at a cost, mm-hmm. you know, I, and I that's think, a hard thing to learn. Well, Lie to Me does have some of the myth arc stuff because it deals with Spike and Drusilla and Angel. Mm-hmm. I think it is more of a character arc episode, which mm-hmm. is why it's themes kind of echo throughout the entire series mm-hmm. i yep. i did struggle with whether or not to put lie to me onto my list because i liked it quite a bit yeah so, yeah i completely yeah, it's been a long time on that one didn't we jason bear's performance kind of bugs me so it's not on my top five it'd be more like seven for me but it's a good episode it's very yeah. solid and sarah's amazing in it so. <sighs> she is I don't think I mentioned it during the episode, but I have a long time crush on Jason Bear, so that would be another totally reason fine. why I have it. Roswell forever. Oh I'm my not... god, yes. I love Roswell. I never watched Roswell. But Jason Bear is super cute, and I totally get you. I feel ya. Okay, so uh, my number three, um, which is the one that when we first started the show, I had it at number one, but kind of as we've been going through this season, I realized it's like, oh, that's actually not as high on my list. It's Innocence. Mm-hmm. Which is a brilliant episode, and again, like talking game changers. I mean, it it changes everything, like everything we thought we knew sure. about Buffy as a show, as a character, and uh, David's performance as Angelus is just so good. Uh, Thank you. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, now I want to see you as a letter pants for David. <laughs> to put guy liner on David. No, God, no. <laughs> Can we hear your Irish <laughs> accent? <laughs> Skyliner is where you draw the line because Andy just chanted leather pants for David. And you were like, nah, yeah, that's all right. Fine, fine. Yeah, no. Where you drew the line. Yeah, no, eye makeup, no. Uh, no. <laughs> it's a th- I have a thing about eye makeup. It's it just, shapes yeah. a lot less than leather pants. Leather pants? <laughs> it depends on how the leather pants are tailored. <laughs> they were tight. Anyways, Innocence is a great episode. <laughs> <laughs> So what does everybody else have for number three? <laughs> I've got surprise. I also oh. I have innocence. Oh, innocence. Mine is yep. num- mine is schoolhard. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I love- Again, we're all kind of like coming to a consensus yeah, like- about the top bar. It's just kind of a matter of you know degrees. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I just when it comes to schoolhard, like you know, we've talked about it, the referential nature of it. It's really fun. I also like how contained it is. I like mm-hmm. that our main like set is the campus, is school. I think that's great. Also, at this point in the series, one thing I like about School Hard, Joyce isn't horrible. Yeah. Right. And they have a really good callback to it later. It's really fun. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, it, it starts off the wonderful Spike and Joyce relationship, even if they don't know it at the yes. time. Yeah. 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 You I had me with Spike so good. Um, so yeah. I, I think we I, I bro TP Joyce and Spike so hard. Oh yeah, like I think we covered school hard pretty well. But I just yeah, it. I mean yeah, mine was innocence for the same reasons as 
as MC, you know, um, it's really strong. I love that conversation with Oz and Willow and to read oh, yeah. like I said about the, you know, about consent and, and Oz just being so freaking amazing in the episode. And then the rocket launcher. You oh yeah. I mean, that rocket launcher is epic. I mean, I was also like one of the things that I was thinking about in coming up with this list. It's like the iconic shots. And and by iconic shots, Mm -hmm. I mean the shots that they ended up using in the opening credits. They take a bunch from Innocence. And of course, they've got like the the power walk where the the entire Scooby gang is walking and then Buffy with the rocket launcher. Okay, so number two on my list. And uh, one thing we have not mentioned because it hasn't come up yet is that we ended up doing our two parters as if if our two if the two parters were had the same name. So we're very much the same story, just done as an hour and a half rather than 45 minutes. Uh, so I had, as in my number two spot, Becoming's part one and, t- and two. Because yep, it's, oh my god, just like, what when we were doing uh, the part two podcast, Andy and I were just like, I have so many feelings! We were, we were literally crying on the podcast, which is fine. We express ourselves, but yeah. yeah, it's the same. It's in the same rank as mine. It's that's my number okay. two because it's so freaking monumental. Mm. My number two is innocence. Yeah, I think you might be the odd one out because mine is becoming part one and two. Okay, I'm the odd one out. Yeah, yeah uh, I mean, and we've talked a bit about us uh, uh, innocence, but do you want to like tell us why it's your number two? There's a rocket launcher. <laughs> <laughs> But to be fair, there's a rocket launcher in the episode that I know is your least favorite. Um, there's, I, I, well, I, I don't know. There's just like a lot of little bits to innocence that I just really like. Like not not just the rocket launcher, but the judge's reaction to the rocket launcher. Oh yeah, it's just that is just amazing. Oh, and and, and Oz going arm <laughs> and like the piggy. Okay, yeah, it's that's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, yeah. It's I I I. Yeah, I just, I just really like it. I think it's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, so yeah, my, mine is also becoming part one and two, and, and that's yours too, Logan. Yeah. yeah um, it's, so what's everyone's it's number one other than Oh, me? well, I think I think probably Andy and MC and I all have the same number one. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you do. Yeah. What but, is <laughs> but yeah, like uh, with becoming, like, I mean, again, like uh, this is another episode where it's like, it made me care about Buffy and Angel. Because, like, I have yeah. been so against them for, you know, two seasons now. And still at the end, when Angel becomes himself again, and Buffy has to stab him, I'm still fucking crying about it. Because Every time. It gets me the, every it's, time. And again, we just thinking about it makes me all, woo! I wonder if David spending so long as Angelus actually made him more capable of making Angel more sympathetic. Or at least more mm. likable, um, because and it, it's brief. But I, I, I find Angel more tolerable in season three. Yeah, and I, I wonder that. if that's because they allow David to stretch and be something different, and not just be this like mopey creep. <laughs> yeah, and I also think even in that episode where I'm not a huge, you know, Buffy Angel person, it's her first love, you know, mm-hmm. and so that's gonna hurt. And and that scene with Sarah and David. When he gets his soul back and clo- 
Like they are mm. perfect so and they are working off each other. And they're, it's just, those two performances are really perfect. And shout out um, to Christoph Beck again, who I know we gushed right. about Such on the podcast. Amazing but the music score. was so good and becoming. That, that close your eyes theme is so, I just can't. Yeah. It's just, yeah. <laughs> I have no words. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. beautiful. It it's absolutely, and, and you get all those cool flashbacks in Becoming Part One. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so you get sort of a vision of what happened. Juliet's scene in the in the confession booth. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. It just, like, breaks my heart, but Juliet is so interesting. And then to see that juxtaposed with, you know, Drusilla pre-vamp and Drusilla vamp and Plina. Uh, getting to see Darla again also, because I'm yeah, a huge fan of Darla. Darla. Granted, yeah. my love of Darla won't really come out until we get over True. onto Angel. Yeah. But I love, yeah. I love me some Darla. Well, and we won't see her again until Angel. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's raving about becoming. Am I confused? Were we up to number two or number one? We were up to number two. Number two. My number That's one is still like. It's special for me. Okay. Uh, so uh, you guys all had becoming as number two. Uh, I, so yeah. my number one was passion. Passion. Okay. okay, my number one was Becoming. Okay. Oh, yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. They're, they're back and forth for me. Um, yeah. I, I like Passion, and it changed, because Becoming 1 and 2, the culmination of the season has always been my favorite part of the season. Um, just as, like, how they work together, and the way they chose to tell the story, the backstory we got, and, and that moment where I finally believed that these were two people who were incredibly in love with each other. Having rewatched the season with the lens, with an eye to talk about it in a certain way, passion becomes something really special. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the tone of it. I love the cinematography. I think it's, I just, it barely, barely, barely moved past it. And yeah, if I'm just it, feeling yeah. sad, maudlin, probably becoming one and two. I mean, one. In, in terms of story arc um, over the course of Buffy, over the course of this season, becoming probably would be number one. But mm-hmm. looking at passion, again, with a critical eye, just pushed it over the top because there was so much good in it. And then there was stuff that I could pick at in Becoming. The fight scene. I'm sorry. The fight scene is is terrible with their uh, stunt double matching. But Passion is so well shot. It's it's a fucking beautiful episode. And I I think it moved to the top of my list because of the, the episode, our episode, where we discussed it. Yeah. Where we talked about the cinematography and I think y'all talked me into putting in this at one not in a bad way just I, you guys because, talked me I into mean, it yeah becoming part one and two is right there it's just like right there and i think in terms of the scope of if i did a top 10 list of say every buffy episode ever you know what i mean like mm-hmm. becoming part one and two is so massive instrumental and and so relevant that i would put that higher in terms of like importance but yeah passion is just it's well shot it's well acted the choice of you know, putting Buffy and Willow through the window and not hearing the conversation, you know what I mean? Just, and what is it, Michael Gershman's yeah. cinema, uh, you know, the direction is fierce. And as we talked about, it's legitimately terrifying, especially for me as a woman with the stalking and the thing and the, you know, it, it just, you know, it's, it's a great 45 minute horror movie. Yeah. David is amazing. Sarah is amazing. They're all, it's just amazing. Yeah. And Jenny. So. Yeah. It's, it's Jenny. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's every it, it shoots on all cylinders for me. So, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Logan, did you have anything to add about passion? And nope, that's it's y'all covered the bases. I want to hear what David has to say about becoming. Absolutely, me too. Yes. I mean, it's not like defend yourself. <laughs> no, no, no. no I'm excited. I, one thing that occurs to me, and this is something that I definitely was thinking about as as a problem for me in doing the rankings, is if I had had time to go back and rewatch my top episodes or even listen to our podcasts again, mm-hmm. I suspect I might have ranked these differently, but I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> and I like that. I like that it's sort of instinctive, you know? Yeah. yeah. I think- I mean, but I mean, it's like hearing you guys talk about passion, I'm like, huh, why didn't okay. I rank that high? <laughs> it is, I mean, because, I mean, you're, you know, you're, you're bringing up things that I had kind of, that had kind of fallen to the back of my mind. And as a result, I didn't rank passion higher. I mean... <sighs> I don't know if I would have ranked passion. I I don't know. I mean, I mean, becoming, I mean, becoming is just, I mean, it's such an important and iconic episode. I mean, it's basically, you know, it's, it's really, it's just, that is for me, just like, it's so Buffy. Yeah. Yeah. uh, (laughs) You know, and it's, and it's got, and it's got just great. It's got some great dialogue. It's got Spike saying, it's a rock. None of my friends have a rock this big. (laughs) (laughs) There's stuff like that. It just really, there's so much. I mean, maybe it's just that it's a two part episode, so it has room to fit in all this great stuff. (laughs) Right. And unlike What's My Line one and two, there's not as much filler to, you Mm. know what I mean? Like everything is. And I, I mean, you know, I agree. It's it's it's, it's a very minor like, yeah, what is above my, the other. Yeah. yeah. When I was first picking my like, because I what I did was I said like, uh, these okay, these are these will go in like the top part. Of, and then I weeded out to get a five, mm-hmm. and like watch my line was up there because it is an important. It's, it's an important. It is. Episode. Yeah, it's a good episode. But yeah, it is a little fillery. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's longer. Than it has to be. Yeah, what's my line is probably like directly Six. in the middle for me. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It like the more I thought about it, the lower it kept going, and yeah. it was like, yeah, no. That's but not that that's one if I have two hours to spare. What's my line is fun. It's like a fun yeah. one. If I don't yeah. want to get all, oh yeah, you no, know, wrong with if I'm it. if I'm on my period, I'm totally watching Becoming Part One and Two. <laughs> if I'm not. I'm going to watch What's My Line Part 1 and 2. It would probably be my number 6. Well, no, because my number 6 was, like, dark. I don't know what... I like Buffy. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good thing you're doing favorite, a podcast about it. My number one favorite show of all time is Buffy. <laughs> we just, like, go on record saying that that is my official position. Yeah, I, I'm pretty okay. sure everybody knew that already about us. Yeah, you did totally know that already, yeah. but... um so one thing that we like to do uh when we're talking about the end of the season is talk about the mvps of the season like who really stood out to us it uh, you can it can be for any reason so what y'all have for the mvps of the season um mine is buffy so this ties into sort of a discussion about the themes of or at least what I perceive to be the themes of the, the season and its growth and acceptance. As far as age is concerned, they're still quite young, but they're going this transitional period of transitioning into adulthood and having more responsibility and accepting and taking responsibility and the consequences that come with your actions. But it's also about you know the reality of adulthood and, and oftentimes you feel like you give more than you get. Mm-hmm. And Buffy's growth over the season, um, you get to the point, is it passion where... Um, she can't stake Angel, and she just says, "Give me time." Uh, that's, that's innocence. That's, 
That's innocence. That's right. You know, this is where Buffy's, she does this in season one, but her willingness to sacrifice things that matter to her, her own life, the life of people she loves, and how that coalesces and becomes a core part of her personality and what she has to do with her destiny really starts to take shape here. Mm-hmm. And um, I think Sarah came, I think she sort of grew into the Buffy character. I think she got more comfortable with it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, for me, it's it's Buffy this season. Uh, I kind of cheated a little bit because <laughs> as I was going through this, like trying to think about MVP, I was like, there's actually several different aspects where I want to shout out mm. specific people on different levels. Like for character, it's Buffy for the same reasons that you said that this, this season was absolutely ruled by her as a character, which is the way it's supposed to be because the show is called Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Which is why I always get so upset when people are like, oh yeah, I love Buffy the show, but Buffy's like, I'm like, shut up. Buffy is, you know, like, why are you down on, you know, it's like Willow or Oz. or like, I get having a favorite side character, but like Sarah does such an amazing job anchoring the show through every single season. And I think she really gets underrated as both a character and an actor, mm-hmm. you know. But, in, yeah. in terms of actors, I got to give the MVP to David Boreanaz. Me too. Me, yep. me too. Because Absolutely. I mean, like, and, and and this is even with that atrocious Irish accent. Yeah, he was still so good as Angelus, and you can tell that he got an acting coach and he really stepped up his game. And it is something mm-hmm. that will carry on through his time in season three and when he gets onto his own show. David has become a solid actor and someone that I actually really want to watch. So mm-hmm. considering how I felt about him in season one, that's saying a lot because he was my least favorite character <laughs> oh, and actor terrible. in season one. But in season two, he makes me get invested in that character. Yeah. See, I wouldn't give him MVP for acting. I'd give him most improved. <laughs> that's fair um, enough. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, when he hits his Angelus stride, right? I think oh, first half of the season, I'm still like, Angel. Mm-hmm. But, oh, man. My MVP is actually written down as Leather Pants and Guy Liner. <laughs> <laughs> My, I said MVP, Leather Pants and Guy Liner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I also, for production, I have an MVP, and that's Christoph Beck. Because oh, his yeah. music defines this season so much mm-hmm. and it, it it really it does carry out through the seasons of Buffy that he is mm-hmm. on but it is so prevalent here that and it makes a difference it, it really so many of the episodes we've talked about where it's like our emotions are being pulled in all of these different directions those are the ones that were scored by Christoph Beck and I think it really affects the tones of the scenes so it's so cinematic it's like they got this like young talented musician not even knowing how amazing he was going to be and what he could do and they i think it's the production lucking out and just being really lucky in the places where they needed to be lucky yeah oh yeah christoph is just i stand for christoph back so hard so 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 hard uh, so much that I'll go and uh, you know see what film scores he's done and just listen to his scores because he's just in freaking well, incredible. I think a lot of people give Joss a lot of shit for the many things that Joss does, but one thing I will give him credit for is the ability to put together an incredible production team. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at the people who started writing on Buffy, and they were 
all incredibly young at the time, and this was one of the first things that they were doing. And now they are kind of like captains of the They're industry. showrunners. Yeah. A lot of Tim Minear is the showrunner. He was a showrunner on like one of the best seasons of American Horror Story when Ryan Murphy kind of stepped back and didn't yeah. run that season. And you're like, well, it shows. Uh, Marty, right, has had... Marty has moved on to other things. Jane Espenson has done like a million things. Yeah. Yeah. And the same thing. Gilmore Girls. Jane Espenson ran up writing for Gilmore Girls. Yeah. Some of the best episodes. And Drew Goddard, you know, is creative consultant and executive producer on Daredevil. And and he's from New Mexico. Go (laughs) Drew Goddard. I get really excited when people are from. And a lot of the directors. And it was really, I think, with with Josh, just a matter of finding people who are kind of like him like these young kids with you know really hungry with something to prove and giving them a chance to do something so so and we do give josh a lot josh a lot of shit and i think that's because of what comes later in his life that we don't necessarily need to talk about but he is great at breaking these stories and the writing in his episodes is good yeah you know he nails his character voices obviously because he created them but the writing and becoming part one and two is really he hasn't developed as much of a visual style but like that surprise and you know that's such solid writing Mm -hmm. and what he's so great at is you know sitting on that tightrope of pure horror and angst and then the funny yeah like and where that funny comes in and goes out and sort of giving giving the audience kind of what they need and yeah it's it yeah i'm so yeah what about you david no oh, yeah. me uh yeah you did. well I, I didn't think about it in terms of in i didn't think of uh, different roles for MP, mvps like acting and production i'll just go with oz <laughs> oh it's a solid choice everything, everything oz does is great and they yeah. forgot to give him any flaws <laughs> true that I, yeah they, I think, every, I every think other they character thought. has flaws <laughs> i mean not, not that i think they thought the whole character like, or anything but oz simply doesn't have any bad aspects in this season <laughs> there's nothing wrong with him <laughs> yeah i mean there are some things that i could probably you know pick out as flaws but that, for, for Oz but that's more stuff that comes out later I mean no, he's, no, the, he's still a very new season. character yeah so yeah I mean the worst and thing he's you can say adorable yes that's not even <laughs> I got yeah. really mad I was on oh no they didn't uh, a couple weeks ago and they were making fun of Seth Green and I was like how can you make fun of Seth Why? Green he's great <laughs> no they didn't oh, no, they I did. know right Thanks, no, <laughs> It's not did yeah. it, it's did it. <laughs> oh, no, they didn't. I don't have that in me. I'm sorry. Yeah, oh, I, I, I'm really, really white. So white. Oh, that was like <laughs> my drag queen friends and how they talk. Oh, no, they didn't. Oh, wait. I live in New Mexico, so most of my drag queen friends are Latino. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, <laughs> to mention James Marshall is an MVP. Oh, Spike yes. is flipping amazing. Mm-hmm. Juliet. Like, yeah, my acting MVP is definitely David and Leather Pants and uh, Guy Liner and Sarah. And we haven't talked at all about Tony Ed. Like, Tony's how we have good. an episode oh, yeah. we don't talk I, about I, I think Giles. I figured that went without saying. Yeah. He's always so good. There's, It's unfair to bring him into the equation. Well, I, I was talking about like his relationship with Buffy and how supportive yeah. he is. And that conversation in the car at the end of Innocence where he's like, I don't blame you. Like, yeah. yes, this decision caused all this fallout. But like, 
the thing you did is fine. Like, yeah. you loved him, he loved you. I'm not going to shame you for having sex, unlike your mother, Joyce. Yeah. And uh, one of the problems with Lie to Me not really falling on anybody's list is that we didn't really mm. discuss the brilliant yeah. speech at the end of that episode, which is kind of one of the reasons why that episode does rank at like six or seven for me because the, yeah. the end speech from Tony had is so good. I think one of the reasons why we haven't really brought him up is because he's just such a steady presence. He is. Yeah. That's what I put in my notes. He's a steady presence. That's always there to ground things, but also has amazing chemistry with pretty much everybody. I have to put in my requisite and he's so freaking sexy. I can't <laughs> but that's, just me i am such oh really i didn't i didn't realize you, you felt that way i missed that oh, oh so... i forgot to tell you my real number one worst episode teacher's pet thank you <laughs> it's always teacher's pet i will but die it on didn't that happen this season and what's your least favorite episode of season seven teacher's pet <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so on that note, I think uh, I did. I did want to give a shout out to our lovely people that gave us reviews on um, oh, yes, iTunes. Nice. They oh. said some really nice things, and um, they said they really appreciated that um, we like Buffy. She's specifically, yeah. She well, I mean the the character. She specifically oh. said that, like, oh, you know, nice. it's really nice to have some co-hosts that really love Buffy as a character and, and praise her because you know didn't hear that. So, guys, please remember to rate and review on iTunes. It really helps us out. It helps more people find us. And thank you for your reviews, the two of you that reviewed. Oh, um, thank you so much. And I know who one of them is. I totally recognize the name. So Jenny with a J. She's a, a friend from another podcast. So, like, we really love her. So. Shut up. That was what I had to say. Oh, thanks. I hadn't actually seen that we had any reviews. So I'm going to have to check yeah, that out. So I think we've reached the end of this episode. Talk- yeah, we could probably talk about uh season two for you know 22 hours like we've already done over the course of this podcast Um, fortunately we've already done that exactly so go back and listen to those episodes but uh next week we'll be starting with a brand new season brand new story arc uh so next week we'll be reviewing Anne. uh until then grr arg grr arg i need a hug We'd like to thank everyone who downloaded the podcast, and an extra special thanks to everyone who shared, liked, and subscribed on social media. If you'd like your questions or comments read on the show, you can contact us on our website, returntothehellmouth.com, on YouTube, Tumblr, and Facebook at Return to the Hellmouth, on Twitter at Hellmouth Return, or on email at returntothehellmouth at gmail.com. Be sure to read your comments on the show. Rate our show at iTunes and Stitcher, and check out our show merchandise at TeePublic and Redbubble. See you on Tuesday for Anne. Grr. Arg.